Quick warning for drivers, this episode of IOM Recommends contains traffic sounds and the ambient soundscape of a city. Haley Thor is an avant-garde songwriter and performer based in Chicago, Illinois. Sometimes her sound recalls the bombast and theatre and intensity of Scott Walker, but typically hers are pop songs that remain with the listener long after they finish for their hooks as much as their atmosphere. She moved to Chicago to immerse herself in the city's art and music communities, and as you might expect, her outsider-turned-insider story gives her a rare, totally balanced perspective on life in the Windy City. Without further ado, IOM recommends Chicago with Circuit des Yeux. IOM recommends local scenes, global conversations. Hello, Haley. Circuit des Yeux. Welcome to IOM Recommends. Thank you for joining us. And first of all, congratulations on the release of IO. I think it's a singular and touching and, and deeply compelling body of work. First of all, why don't you let us know how you became a resident of Chicago and perhaps touch on your relationship with the city? Yeah, with pleasure. Um, I moved to Chicago in 2012. And I had just graduated from college with a degree in um, recording arts and ethnomusicology. And I originally came to Chicago uh, to fulfill a job. I was working for a record label. I had like something deep inside me that just wanted to be in Chicago around a lot of artists. It was kind of a new phase in my life where I really wanted to dedicate myself to art. And Chicago was just so brimming with opportunity, I felt. Fantastic. And given that most of our listeners are from the UK, would you be able to elaborate on what scene or scenes or individual artists it was that made Chicago attractive for you? Well, I grew up in Lafayette, Indiana. So Chicago's about three hours away from my hometown. And I had gone to Chicago as a young teen to see some punk shows um at the time lisa and bill who run trouble in mind were in a band and i remember coming to see them um any any touring band in america always stops through chicago i don't know i'm thinking of janet jackson but i'm also thinking of you know where you're there's an arena but also it's very small pubs where maybe like 20 people would fit at most um yeah, so really a wide spectrum, I'd say, music. Amazing. And I'm a bit of a Trouble in Mind subscriber in my own time. What band was it that Lisa and Bill had? Because I didn't know that. Um, Coca Coma, that's what it was called. Yeah, the band Coca Coma. I remember specifically going there with like a fake ID and just feeling so cool. Amazing. <laughs> Can you remember what venue specifically it was that you saw Coco Coma? Maybe uh, Big uh, Big City. Big City is sort of a DIY venue. It's now defunct. And I saw Psychedelic Horseshit and Coco Coma there and a lot of other kind of like noisy avant-garde punk bands. And I was in a punk band before moving there as well. So things that kind of reside along the lines of No Wave or, um, you know, like Sonic, early Sonic Youth, something like that. That's really what I was into. Okay, fantastic. Do you still draw influence from that world? Is it, or is it more kind of separate and sentimental as a period of your creative life? For sure. I mean, I do feel like deep inside of my like internal 
artistic torch. Um, at the center of it is something represented in no wave music and punk. And it's, it's really artistic expression. I feel like those genres just have the most amount of room for emotion. Um, and yeah, I do think it's reflected in my work now. And I think that that kind of, uh, style of music's very Midwestern, if I do say, <laughs> mm. um, you know, people that work hard, um, there's like a lot of catharsis to living in the Midwest. And so punk music and the sort of noisy industrial vibe, I think is just a balm if you live here. <laughs> uh, I can appreciate that. And I can, I can hear that emphasis on quite raw emotion in your work as well just almost as if you now use a different language to express the same thing I can trace that lineage just as a listener I think but to bring it back to Chicago let's find out about your neighborhood and your favorite local haunts so first of all where do you go to eat my favorite place to eat there's two places they're both um Mexican cuisine so the one down the street is called Taco Nazo, and it's like, you know, open 24 hours. They have a lot of vegetarian options, but the real deal is Chaparita Grocery Store. And um, that's just maybe a five, 10 minute bike ride away from me. They have very strange hours, but it is like the best Mexican food I've ever had. Um, it is kind of like Mexico City style where they cook all of the meat in the same vat of kind of mm. like grease and liquid all day long. Um, but the, I love their haraches, you know. I, I'm a vegetarian at this time, so um, like the harache with mushrooms, it's just so good. And like, it doesn't matter where I get Mexican food in the world. It doesn't taste like chaparita, you know. <laughs> yeah important to have somewhere like that nearby so if you were going there and ordering a dish with meat would it would the same order taste different each time do you think by virtue of them all being cooked in the same big tub you know it does um yeah. i don't know how he does it but you know you can get you can get some really far out stuff you know like cow tongue or brains or you can just keep brains <laughs> yeah yeah um also tripe tripe i think is intestines mm -hmm. um so they've got everything there if you're into exploratory meat i'm not say exploratory meat. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not saying that we have the most accurate uh interpretation of mexican food here in the uk but that I've definitely never associated tripe and brain with Mexican food, so that's pretty exciting. Yeah, it, it's, a, it's a gem, you know. It's a real nice, nice tiny spot that if you know, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's... <laughs> where else do you go for brain, right? If you know, you know. Oh, yeah. That's, that's <laughs> fantastic. Thank you. And where do you go to drink? Well, you know, it's tough with the pandemic. I can't say I really, like, go out and drink... In the last couple, in an years. ideal world, um, like our local haunt is the Skylark, and it is I just love it. They do they do have some food there, but you know you can get a pint for like two dollars, which is quite cheap. 
and the bartenders have great taste in music. It's really moody, no overhead lighting. They used to have um, a jazz series there. So I feel like it's imbued with like, I don't know, it's imbued with energy and like relics from when, in my mind, music was at the forefront of culture in like a really almost like Hollywood kind of way in my mind. It's like very mm. romantic, you know? <laughs> mm. With no overhead lighting, it sounds, makes it sound as though it's historic. Is it a fairly old venue, this guy like? It is, it is. But it also like, it's not overdressed. It's, I think the, yeah. walls, the walls are like dark green. So it just has, and it has a lot of old paintings from the 1930s and 50s around. And um, so, yeah, it, it, it feels old, but, you don't have to like dress up to go there. You can just arrive as yourself. <laughs> Fantastic. Ideal. And um, where do you go to dance or to experience live music again in an ideal world that is open? Well, can't say I've been there in a minute, but ideally I go to the smart bar, which is an underground dance club right below the Metro, which is a big um, club here in Chicago. And they have these walls that change colors and are soft and round. And they also have a function one speaker system, but the room is far too small for the sound system. And a, and a byproduct of that is it really is like a resonator. Like you go in there and it's usually club music, dance music. I've seen Panther Du Prince there and Omar S and some really like amazing electronic musicians and your body just like, yeah, is buzzing the whole time. It's so nice. You, interestingly, are not the first guest we've had on the podcast to make a case for the oversized function one sound system in a small room. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's rare because they are so expensive. Um, so it makes sense that a promoter would want to like sell a bunch of tickets to pay off their function one. Okay, fantastic. And Omar S and Panther de Prince, is it predominantly club music there? Predominantly, yes, but they have in the past um, had rock shows and such, but I've only seen like electronic and DJs stuff. And where do you go to buy records? Well, that's a tough one. I mean, I guess my go-to is generally Reckless Records. They have a really great circulation of used albums and they're not like they're priced fairly you know yeah and i i will admit that um i have like kind of obscure taste in music so it's it's nice that they have such a large experimental um section and world music section for lack of a better term and um new composer you know, I'm always like trying to find a female composer in like the new composer section, and it's just generally like Pandarecki or something. So I appreciate Reckless for that. And then mm -hmm. our friends and I have two other record stores that aren't in Chicago 
uh, specifically, but they're nearby. Reverberation Vinyl is in Bloomington, Illinois. Mm. And it's about an hour, hour and a half out. And that record shop is incredible. I mean, the guy just, it's just one guy, one store, and he just has impeccable taste. So if ever you're in Chicago and you have a car, head on out to uh, Bloomington, Illinois and stop by Reverberation. You will not regret it. What a cosign. Thank you. <laughs> and then, you know, lockdown might provide some inspiration to uh, answer this question with. But if you are finding yourself in need of an escape from the urban life of Chicago, where do you go? Where's nearby? Where do you like to go to escape? When we ask this, we're wondering about a, it could be a park or something less obviously escapist like a library or something like that well the lake is like kind of incredible here and I always forget about it you know um so I usually I can often ride my bike to the lake it's just about a 20 minute bike ride and it's really incredible because for me to get there I have to ride through Chinatown and there's something about it where it really my path follows the narration of like leaving the city and society. You know, you go through like this bustling uh, commerce and then you cross a few bridges over, a you know, the river and then this great gorgeous abyss opens up and it's the lake. Um, yeah. 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 Fantastic. And on that, is Chicago a very cyclable city? It is changing and I'm grateful that they're integrating cyclists you know more readily however it is a bit of like you have to do some research like you cannot bike on the main drags and you have to be careful because it's not like brussels or something where pedestrians have the right of way you might think you do but you're gonna get ran over in chicago someone might disagree yeah yeah chicago driving is notorious for being non-defensive and aggressive you know, you know, we're looking for recommendations. Warnings are good too. I'm sure there'll be some listeners who are happy to know that now. <laughs> take take a taxi. Take the train. Don't drive. Don't you don't have to park. Don't worry about that. <laughs> That's very good advice. Thank you for sharing it. Um, what are your favorite local cultural organizations? It could be a radio station or a great collective, a local label. I really love Lumpen Radio. Um, it's a, based out of Bridgeport, south side of Chicago. And it's going all day. It's public access. I can get it anywhere in the city. And it's cool. You know, it's like sometimes it's like throbbing gristles. Sometimes it's someone doing a care, like karaoke where they play songs and invite their friends in. And you can hear that over the radio. <laughs> um, that's a good idea yeah and also like it's not genre specific so I I learn a lot about music from Lumpen Radio I appreciate them L-U-M-P-E-N and yes it is available online I believe where is your best kept Chicago secret oh geez I know right I mean, in some ways, I feel like 
Chaparita is a secret for sure. I mean, my practice space is probably my like heaviest locational secret. It is, it's a 45 minute drive from where I live. So it is a trek and I'm the only one that goes in there. Like I'm able to have my own studio space in this basement room of a building owned by a record label. And I get really weird down there. I mean, I think right now I have like a bunch of rugs stapled to the walls and like only fuchsia blue lighting. And sometimes I paint, sometimes I scream, sometimes I make music. It's, it is like a really free functioning environment. I love it. That sounds so valuable, and you're the only person using that space. Yeah, so sometimes I just make a mess and leave, and there's something really awesome about that. And especially in the pandemic, I think because it is such a trek, like when I drive from where I live to my practice space, I pass through almost maybe like 70% of life in Chicago, and so you see, I can almost cosplay that I'm, like driving across the country or something, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's important to my process, I think. And how uh, regularly do you, how much time do you spend there, is what I mean? You know, it fluctuates, but ideally a couple, at least a couple times a week. And, you know, it's, it's such a pilgrimage that I, once I'm there, it's like, you know, four to eight hours and I I bring provisions and, you know, settle in. It's really nice. And the fact the fact that it's underground too used to bother me because I'm like, you know, there's something so on the nose about being an experimental artist and like working underground. It feels just secretive now that you ask that question, you know. Yeah recontextualizes the fact that no one can see me. Um, there's no windows, you know, it's just like, it's a secret. <laughs> Does the absence of natural light and the, and subconsciously the factor of being underground lend itself to a more free form kind of creative process because of quite how detached from the real world you are? I mean, I think it is a bit detached from society. I think you can find stillness, you know, in nature. Um, but it, it, I think it lends itself to a certain, uh, like certain emotions that are maybe like harder to research and go into around other people. Um, so that, I think that's definitely reflected in my music. Yeah. And finally, where in Chicago is it overrated, would you say? This one is easy for me, the bean. I mean, only in Chicago is there something called the bean and people from all around the world come to look at it. And what it is, is it's a a big, it's basically like a big kidney bean that's like, I don't know, maybe three stories high and it's reflective, it's mirrored. And so people see themselves inside of the bean and they take selfies. Yeah, my parents sent me one. <laughs> <laughs> like save yourself some money just like get the, the filter on your phone take a selfie in the mirror you know don't come to the bean <laughs> okay Haley, thank you so much this has been great yeah great to speak with you have a good day fantastic you too bye